You're listening to the Back Porch Talk Podcast. Danny and Jason had many discussions and debates on the back porch while making pivotal investment moves with assets. That's right, with trading cards. They welcome you to the back porch and right into those discussions about current sports news with a fresh and unique twist. So come on and join us. So let's go ahead and go into the our overall thoughts on the 10-part series of this documentary and where we're going to categorize it and how we view things and our takeaways from it. Who looks good from the Bulls organization in this 10-part series? Coach Phil Jackson, the fact of how he really gathered the many personalities uh, the many egos in both three-peat runs uh, was absolutely amazing. Uh, the fact of him letting Dennis Rodman just let him go to Vegas. Dennis Rodman needed this little break. Hey, let Dennis go. Uh, his connection with Dennis, though, too, um, in, in terms of the Native American heritage and all, uh, I think was absolutely phenomenal. It's something that we don't, we hadn't seen before, or I haven't seen before. I think that connection with them, with Dennis, was absolutely phenomenal. To add to that, Jason, just how they bought in as a team. So he introduced the triangle. He had all these teams and different players because their teams weren't steady throughout the years, throughout those championship runs. His star players were, but he had a lot of different role players that needed, that came into the fold every year. Him being able to do that, and get everyone to buy in. Everyone buying into his Zen, the mindset where you see them doing yoga and taking an internal reading of their bodies. That was cool. And just the mere fact of how he stood his ground. 82 and 0, you're still not coming back by Jerry Krause, which started to show off. And then Reinsdorf coming in after they win their sixth championship and saying, How about coming back, Phil? And he said, Nope. So I like that in him and how he stood by his players. Definitely have to agree there. Other person that looks good in this is Dennis Rodman. For him to uh, <laughs> be open about Vegas, for him to be open about needing of a break, or I think was absolutely phenomenal just to kind of tell that story. And like I mentioned in our previous episodes, I think there needs to be a documentary <laughs> of Jordan going down to go get uh, Dennis Rodman in Vegas. I really want to see what happened there. We're not going to see it, of course, because – uh, that's kind of considered a locker room, the locker room, if you will. But, but also Rodman's professionalism in where, and what I mean by that is more so once he got on the court, he was about business. He was really about business or trying to get in the, in the head of Carl Malone or whatever other player. But it was really all about uh, winning. And he indicated that in, in terms of Michael knew that he had Dennis there he knew Dennis was going to actually be really committed once he got on the So very, very good look by uh, Dennis Rodman in this documentary, in my, in my opinion. And then to add to that, Jason, I think his belief in Phil Jackson, you kind of alluded to it, but it was like, even during the championship and the Utah series and the final championship, Dennis goes and leaves after the game to go to wrestling, to WCW, to do a show. <laughs> <laughs> out the blue, doesn't go to practice. And does Phil find him? I don't know. No. He just said, <laughs> come on, man. You need what you need to do. Let's get back on this and let's take care of business. Hey, man, that was some funny stuff right there, man. Listen, <laughs> and seeing 
Monday Night Nitro. Seeing the NWO, Hulk Hogan, when he turned bad. You remember how Hulk Hogan turned bad, man, and in, in how he darkened his beard, left a little gold goatee, but the rest of the beard was all darkened and everything. I was like, man, now if that doesn't take me back, I don't know what does. That was when wrestling was really, <laughs> really good mm-hmm. uh, and all, man. But yeah, it was just really interesting how Dennis navigated, honestly, from the entertainment world off yes. the court and really back on the entertainment world on the court um so uh, i don't think we, we give enough props to dennis for that i mean when you think about uh, how a lot of players now are doing a lot of stuff off the court back then it, it wasn't a whole lot of players doing that yeah i mean in terms of having the extracurricular i mean jordan was because obviously he had all the endorsements and yeah he was you know filming he filmed the movie of course but a lot of the players weren't doing that, but Dennis Rodman, he was, he was actually doing entertainment on both sides, different format of entertainment, but he still came on court and did the job and did it very well in the Hall of Fame career. So I don't think Rodman gets enough credit for that. And it may have looked like Dennis was a knucklehead or whatever, but Dennis lived his life. And that's why I believe he looks very good in this documentary. Last point on Dennis Rodman, he saved them in a couple of those championships too. I've said this before. So that's another reason he looks good because they don't highlight it because it's Jordan. But if you go back and watch the games, if you have that time, see what Rodman did for them in those series, 96, 97, 98. So BJ Armstrong, another one who I think looks good in this documentary, however you want to call it. But BJ Armstrong is another one who, uh, looks very good in this. Uh, just his competitiveness, uh, especially when he uh, played against the Bulls when he uh, decided to go to the Hornets. They played each other in the uh, playoffs. And how B.J. Armstrong came strong in that one game and, and led the Hornets to a victory over the Bulls in Chicago Stadium. B.J. went ahead and competed against Jordan. B.J. tells a story of how when Jordan uh, was playing baseball, I think this was during the strike, Jordan came, comes back up, and they go out for brunch. After they eat brunch, BJ talks a little trash. Next thing you know, BJ was like, well, I'm on my way to uh, practice. Why don't you come on through? Next thing you know, they play one-on-one, and the rest is history. Uh, so I think BJ looks very good in this 10-part series. Um, John Paxson and Steve Kerr, they won championships for the Chicago Bulls. We talked about earlier how Utah Jazz did not double on Jordan, how Phil Jackson decided to uh, let the play run after Jordan strips Carl Malone. Ultimately, again, Jordan hits the last shot. But they didn't double on Jordan. That is because, in my belief, is because in previous championship runs, especially with the Lakers, uh, especially, I mean, there's like, it's the Phoenix Suns. They always doubled on Jordan at the very end, and Jordan will always find the open shooter, that being John Paxson or Steve Kerr in, in later in later series, the second uh, three P. And so 
Paxton and Kirk gets a very, very good look in here. Folks who looks good from a Bulls organization standpoint, the security guards or just the security man. They look actually good in this documentary, man. You really get the behind the scenes on security. Now, I'm pretty certain folks now will be a little bit more uh, muscular in nature <laughs> for security. <laughs> But Bull Security um, was a highlight here as well. What say you, Danny? Yeah, I think with the security, it just showed not only protecting Jordan through all of the media and him even walking the building, man, they, they would mob him everywhere he went. So security was key from that standpoint for his personal security. Ultimately, they were someone he relied on in life, uh, which obviously you wouldn't see in the forefront. But you see him joking around with him. And then at the end, you know, the security guard let where Jordan looked to him as a father figure when his, with his father passing earlier, where he looked out for Jordan, not only from a basketball standpoint, but from a life standpoint. It was very interesting to see that, how he interacted with his security and how they had his back and everything. No, I agree there. I agree there. The other person who looks good from the Bulls organization, I would say is Scottie Pippen and, and really his defense. His defensive play really stood out, but more so in the uh, in their first championship run uh, in terms of how the docuseries was edited. His defense on Magic Johnson uh, was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, Scottie's defense was highlighted, I think, more so at the beginning of this documentary uh, as opposed to the rest or throughout uh, the remainder episodes here. Uh, I think in a sense, that could be a reason why Scotty or there are reports or allegedly that Scotty is not too pleased with uh, this docuseries. Uh, allegedly, there's indication that Scotty actually saw this docuseries before it even uh, was presented to ESPN or really uh, pushed out there for our consumption. So allegedly, if Scotty saw this beforehand, he, he should have known and he was okay with it. He should have known that it was good. But I think allegedly the reason why he's not feeling too pleased with this is because of the reaction of it mm-hmm. by um, the millions and millions of people who've, who have watched it. So Scotty's defense uh, was very much a highlight. It also uh, proves to me, though, that with Scotty, he sacrificed a whole hell of a lot. Yes, he did. He was, he was underpaid. Uh, to the nth degree and for him to get underpaid like that uh, for for a phenomenal talent who won championships for our organization sacrificed a lot for the organization he looks good from that standpoint but some of the clips that they showed with regards to how he reacted to Jerry Krause how he got on the bus start yelling at Jerry Krause uh, I think that may have been a little bit of a bad look there for Scottie Pippen but Scotty, you signed the contract. Reinsdorf told you this is a bad contract, but yet you went ahead and signed it. I don't know if you were hoping that they would renegotiate a deal after a certain period of time. I don't know. But, man, you signed the contract. The other person that looks good in this, Kraus. Just for him putting some of the pieces together. Yes, Jordan was already there. Kraus, in a sense, assembled um, a juggernaut of a team. And you got to give him props on that. Yeah, I agree. Some of the moves he made, like the Pippen for Polonese and getting Rodman there for that second run, those were key components, man. And when they lost Horace Grant to Orlando, they were able to pivot to get Rodman. So that ultimately 
showed from his GM standpoint, he knew what he was doing. He he trusted Phil Jackson and gave Phil Jackson the chance and fired Doug Collins, who was Jordan's guy. He took that chance and put it on the line and brought Phil in to take over. So he did a lot of moves from a GM perspective that get overshadowed by breaking the team up going into the 99 season. So we just didn't want that to get lost in the shuffle. Thank you for joining us at Backports Talk Podcast. You can also join us on Twitter by tweeting us at back underscore podcast. For more information, you can go to our website, which is backportstalkpodcast.com. You can also email us at backportstalkpodcast at gmail.com. Again, thank you for joining us. And remember that there's enough hate in the world. So go ahead and spread a little love.